jabba jibber joe Eeny, meeny, miny, moe Get a grab, a gotta go Meta, meta, teeny, toe Jibber, jabba jibber, joe What are they doing? Oh no, now you know Hold on Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two Sailor Scouts talk about anime. Skirt's uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, I've starched it quite a bit. He's putting magical pieces of paper behind our chairs again. It's Bill. That really sounds like more of a Josh thing to do. Well, you know, he's he's not he's not here again. <laughs> To the fans so I, got, so I got to do his job. Yes, I mean that's that's kind of how it usually works in general when he is here. And I'm bringing schoolwork with me to the beach. My name is Andy. That sounds about right. And that's a, that's pretty apt. And uh, we are I'm pretty sure that's actually happened. I, th- I think it has. In all honesty, <sighs> welcome to another episode of Tuning Japanese, and it's our second spoopy episode. Where we talk about scary things in the world of anime. How you doing today, Bill? I'm okay. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. That's good. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I've been cleaning. I say I've been. Uh, I've been teaching, uh, and we just got done with a ridiculously long binge of uh, of watching old episodes of Sailor Moon when we should be down here recording, uh, but we're here finally in the studio, ready to go. And we are going to bring you a very special treat today, breaking kind of our normal sort of pattern here. We are going to talk about an anime that is much more than one season long. Is Josh one that keeps us on track? I think he is. Ugh. It seems like whenever he's not here, we just kind of do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, we watched Sailor Moon for three hours. We did, actually. <laughs> we were way off track today. Speaking of Sailor Moon, we are going to be actually reviewing an episode of Sailor Moon, Season 1, Episode 20, titled The Summer, The Beach, Youth, and Ghosts. Bad title. Very bad title. And you know, this isn't even the Deke title. Right? <laughs> because Deke didn't touch this episode. Uh, for reasons. Yeah, I've never seen this episode before. I know. I, I was on my way here and I was thinking we were trying to come up with a topic. Our, our original plan kind of petered out. Uh, we may still bring that idea to you at another point so we won't spoil what we we're going to do. But, uh, we, we, I was thinking like, man, I bet Bill has not seen this really weird episode that was not dubbed originally of Sailor Moon. And it is. Halloween themed, so we could totally talk about it, and we are going to. Not really Halloween themed. Well, there's a, there's a. It's a spoopy episode, though, so. There's like a, a a Frankenstein, (laughs) and a werewolf. It's a summer beach party. And, and a Dracula. At a, at a pension home. (laughs) Yeah, do we ever look that up? You need to look that up. Look, look at pension home. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, but before we get into this particular episode of Sailor Moon, 
and I hope that this brings in some uh, fans who uh, maybe are new to the show. And if this is your first episode, it's not always like this, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Uh, go back and listen to our, our reviews of Trigun if you want to get a true idea of what our our, our program is kind of like. Are those starting to drop off, though? They are starting to drop off. We actually just dropped the third episode off of there now, so uh, definitely go check that out. Or if you want to keep up with our current season, we are currently reviewing, even though we haven't in a little while, episodes of Gurren Lagan. So, before we get there, though, I feel we need to do a little bit of nerd news this week. And I guess I will start, unless you've got something you want to talk about. Uh, well, we're recording this on the Friday before Halloween. It's true. And Stranger Things just dropped. Yeah, did it drop season. today? Yep, today. Second okay. season. So, I will be honest, I've never seen Stranger Things. You're wrong and should feel bad. I, I, I know. I should probably go and watch that. I just have not gotten around to it. Now, it's not a very long show, right? Like, it's not like 20-some episode seasons or I, something? I want to think it's 13 episodes. Okay. I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and I haven't started season two yet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's not super long. But it was it was in such a way that I know that not only you, but a lot of people were really stricken by it, I think, because of the, the particular feel of it. Like, isn't it set in kind of the 80s? It's set in the 80s. It's very, very nostalgia. It's got that retro feel. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot like uh, old Stevie King stuff. Like, you know, they got the synth music as the opening, and then you can kind of see the graininess of, like, mm-hmm. a VHS, and it's actually got, like, the old Stephen King font of, like, in red for yeah. Stranger Things, and... That is a cool touch. Yeah. And you can see Aliens, and E.T., and uh, X-Men, and Goonies, and Monster Squad, and all this kind of on top of each other. Which is pretty darn cool. But it doesn't feel dated. It's not like, hey, this is nostalgia, Look at this and remember it. Mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. it actually stands on its own as its own thing, too. Which is good, because not a lot of those kind of shows can do that well. That was my fear, is that it was just going to be a pile of tropes from the 80s, and here you go. Mm-hmm. But there's a very solid core story behind it. So, season two is out, and as, you know, as soon as you get a chance to watch it, I'm sure you'll... Let us know how it is, right? Yep, I intend to have it done this week. <laughs> I'm sure you will, too, in all honesty. Mind our news this week is, it's here. I picked it up at 11 o'clock last night. <laughs> what? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking of Super Mario Odyssey. That makes more sense. <laughs> I went and I had a, uh, instead of a midnight release, I had an 11 o'clock release and I was just like randomly awake and not asleep like I usually am as the old man I am. So I was like... Fuck it, I'm gonna go pick it up now. So I just drove out to our one of our local one of our local video game stores, picked it up, got a piece of pizza because they randomly give away pizza for free at these right. at these like midnight releases. And I just I've I, heard that I've never been. Yeah, no, I've been to several. I, I and I just happened to not eat dinner that night too, so it worked out. And uh, I rolled in, got it, drove right home immediately, played about an hour of it, and within that hour. I smiled more than I think I've smiled at any video game in a long time. Uh, and at the last, the very last thing I did before I put it away for the night to go to bed was I turned into a T-Rex and wrecked up every fucking thing in my path. It was amazing. Didn't that make using the Joy-Cons kind of hard? <laughs> With the tiny little arms? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very difficult. The first thing that you kind of take over is a frog. And it's just like a regular frog. And there's like this whole sequence of him like kind of going into the mind of the frog. And it's just, it's a hilarious. And it's so much fun. A great game so far. Does the hat shrink to fit the frog? It does. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, the hat, I mean, I'm not really spoiling much. It's right at the beginning of the game. The The hat is this uh, this spirit creature called... Symbiote. Yeah, essentially, called Cappy. And uh, they're in, in, a, in the opening scene, Mario gets thwarted by Bowser, and his hat gets torn up, and this uh, Cappy gets a hold of it and turns into the cap, and helps Mario transform into all these things. It's it's a really solid game so far. It has been absolutely fun, and just searching around the different worlds, it's been really great. A symbiont that acts as a conduit for you to possess other creatures. That's kind of dark. I mean, honestly. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't Nintendo, this would be like one of the darkest mindfuck games ever. Right? It really would it, be. It, yeah. It's a lot of fun, though. The The mechanics are solid. Uh, it's It feels like an old-school Mario game like Sunshine or 64. It's got a couple cool features. The snapshot mode is really neat in it. It allows you to, at any point, take a snapshot of where you are on the screen, but then also manipulate the entire surrounding. So, like, instead of just, like, a freeze frame where you are, you so can then spin it 360 degrees. So it's a 3D render instead yeah, of a... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, weird. And it has filters like Snapchat, and you can and you can add little logos, and and move the camera to the side so you can have Mario not in the center. And it's super cool. I've been playing around with that more than I think I have the game itself. Like, just trying to get Mario to do, like, a weird pose or jump or something like that and get a cool scene with the background. To be honest, I'd probably never use that. Yeah, I, I have so much. I've I've just it's just been fun playing around with that. And you know, when you get into the first real kind of actual level, uh big open level, like the graphics are just gorgeous. It's one of those things where Nintendo is finally moving into that, you know, ten eighty P sixty frame per second H D sort of feel. You know, like their games always looked really nice and, and had a really cool aesthetic to it, but God, the backgrounds and everything is just absolutely right. gorgeous. They weren't realistic. Yeah. Like you, you, you see like the, the material on the overalls look like actual, like you could see the, the patching of the oh, material cool. and everything. It's just so cool. Totally awesome. Cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's awesome. It's may, it might be right now the best game on the Switch. It may potentially even overthrow Breath of the Wild as, uh, you know, the top competitor this year for game of the year overall. I uh, I will continue to play it. I'll let you know when I get through the the main story and how I how it kind of wraps up and if it keeps that momentum going. So I'll mess with it sometime. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's awesome. It's totally, totally cool. Uh, so that's my nerd news. You got yours. So I think it's about time we jump in. Yeah, let's to do our this. review. Let's just jump in. Get right into this episode of Sailor Moon, the summer, the beach youth, and ghosts. So before we get into this episode and actually review it. I just want to talk a little bit about Sailor Moon and kind of our thoughts and stuff on it. I know with it, if you go back to episode zero, we talk a little bit about kind of how Sailor Moon was one of those shows that got us into anime. Right. And one of those shows that, you know, you not necessarily being the kind of person who likes a lot of the more modern animes or the more, you know... 90, no, late, late 90s, 2000s popular animes. The, Josh calls that shonen? Yes, a lot of the shonen animes. Yeah, Absolutely. I've got nothing for that. But going back to middle school, high school, you know, and, 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 you know, even at the college a little bit, thinking about how Sailor Moon was kind of really important when it comes to our understanding of anime and to our, I don't know, I think, I think even just beyond that, I think it was just important culturally. For me, Cartoons in general, and even a lot of live-action Western stuff, were not serialized. Everything was always back to status quo at the end. 
Everything was standalone. There's a few things that didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, this was new for us to see. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of one of the things that really drew me in was simply, hey, these characters actually change. We get more development. It's not just them. It's not Looney Tunes, right? It's not, right. you know, these character types that are just perpetuated over and over and over again with cheap humor. Yep. You get a lot of growth. There's a lot of seriousness. I mean, you still had a lot of the humor and the goofiness, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, we yeah. were cracking up, basically, the entire time we were falling down the rabbit hole, the Usagi hole. That's, never mind. That's kind <laughs> of terrible. That is, no. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. The, but we, we, were, we were definitely laughing quite a bit. But, you know, there are also lots of really interesting developing plots and, and serious moments and heart-wrenching things and, and death and, right. you know, all kinds of, of craziness. Taxes. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> the two things in life, right? You know, we, I think we have a, a pretty... Uh, it's really important, this anime, to, you know, just, just, just kind of seeing different styles and getting us into different types of storytelling. Right. I, it's really awesome, and it's one of those things where, you know, it was really honestly, when I really think about it, the first anime I really got into. As I said in the, the episode zero, mm-hmm. this is a series, and Vampire Hunter D is a movie. Yeah. Were kind of the two big touchstones for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of pseudo-anime stuff, Thundercats. Yeah. Transformers. Transformers. Yep. Um, but yeah, this was probably really kind of the thing that took me to watch anything that was anime. Yeah. And we grew up, obviously, watching the 1990s Deke dub. Um, so this is uh, this was done, obviously, uh, you know, was a Japanese series from 1992 onward. Um, America got hold of it several years later with, uh, with this dub. And... Uh, I was sure that there was a pilot for it. Or the first episode got dubbed and they didn't do anything with it or something. Because I'm sure I saw this. It's possible. Really early. And then when I saw it again, and it was on a regular time slot that I could watch all the time. Yeah. I swore that I had seen it before. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. familiar to me. It's very well possible. I, I think they had a non-starter at one point where they tried to get it and it didn't really go. And... Yeah. And I know that it's been on several networks, too. Because I remember it really on USA in the morning back in the day, before it even hit Toonami. Uh, I would watch it, God, it would be, was it my, can't remember if I was, I was in middle school or if I was like a freshman in high school, but you know, it would show up in the mornings before school and I would, I would catch episodes of the first season. I think that random pilot tryout thing I saw, mm-hmm. um, I think that was on Saturday mornings. Oh really? Uh huh. Okay. Interesting. But like I said, I think it was like one episode. Yeah. They I just gave it a shot. They mm-hmm. had like a block of things they were trying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See what sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Deke. Is 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 definitely in my heart as being very nostalgic and, and being part of that because it's what we watched over and over again is how we were introduced to it. Absolutely. But as as we think back and we watch some clips on YouTube, more importantly, yeah, there was man, there was some shit wrong with that. There was. Um, I think the writing was probably the worst part. It was some trying of vo- way too hard. Some of the voice acting, which I don't know if that was. The voice actors, or if that was the director hamming it up, or, mm-hmm. you know, I have no idea. Uh, but the dialogue was bad. Yeah. The way it was written was bad. A lot of, a lot of slang, a lot of 90s stuff that wasn't even 90s stuff. No. I remember at one point, uh. It was just, it was stunted and unnatural. Yeah, like my favorite example, and I can't remember the exact episode, but I remember Sailor Moon calling Zoocyte 
a dweezil once. And it's like, what the hell is a dweezil? I don't even know what that means. So they were like kind of creating. Pretty sure that's one of Frank Zappa's kids. I, I think you might be right. I think they're creating this like crazy slang. I think he played the older brother on Duckman. <laughs> oh, why have we done a Duckman podcast? Because that would be all very filthy. That would be pretty awesome. Also, how the fuck are we going to watch Duckman? <laughs> that's, that's a good fucking question. Even the, the thing we watched before with Rubius. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, we need to have a, you know, however you said it in the, the new translation, you know, we need to retreat, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like the old one was like, we're out of here. You know, <laughs> there's also a scene. Be in, our guys. In, in that same episode, there's one where like Tuxedo Mask and him are like facing off and he uh, sh- says in the original, go to hell. And the other, he's like, come at me, Kate boy, or something yeah. like that. Well, not the original, like, in the, in the, the, in the, in the, the new. In, yeah. In the, in the new, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's just crazy. So. You know, we we are going to be reviewing the original, uh, but with the newer dub, the Viz dub, which is a much better dub. Yes. Um, this is the modern one that they are actually still gonna, working through. I was about to ask you that. What do we call that new dub? Yes, Viz, the, it's the Viz. The Viz, okay. Viz yeah. takes care of that, and Viz does a very good job. Yeah. Nostalgia, totally aside, I think the Viz dub is better. Absolutely. I think using the Japanese names mm-hmm. is better. Yes. Although I will always miss Molly and Melvin, the names and the voices from the I, Deke dub. I don't. I love it. And it was a little jarring to realize that Luna was like, sounds like a very old British lady. Yes. Like, she sounds like the queen. Yes. So I like the Viz Luna better. I like the, the Viz Chibiusa better. Yes. The, the Viz Chibiusa is much better. It's a little less jarring. Little less, yeah. A little, little less grating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that with Naru or you know, Molly, and this is a total non sequitur. One of the things I think that, that Deke got right, kind of with her voice, is that her voice, and I can't remember the exact name of it, but Naru's voice in the original was actually a particular, yeah, dialect, uh, in, in, in Japan and Tokyo, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. So, like, she would sound very different from the others. So, like, giving her this, like, really obnoxious, like, Brooklyn or Boston or whatever you want to call that accent. It. I was never quite sure what it was even supposed to be because mm-hmm. he kind of had that like New Englander sort of accent, but also a little Southern. And sometimes it slid into Southern. Yeah, it slid back and forth, and yeah. I was never quite sure what she was supposed to. You're right. What where it was supposed to land specifically? Yeah, somewhere on like the southeastern seaboard. I guess the yeah, north side of the southeastern seaboard. Yeah, like the Carolinas maybe yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know, but it was. I miss some of that. And I think like there there are little things that that just are really fun about the original Deke. It was definitely more fun. Yeah. The only thing I feel like the Deke did better have in our little session... Oh, yeah, that, we talked about this yeah, tonight. ...was the music. I would agree. The kind of cheaty, cheesy late 80s, early 90s, you know, Stan, Stan Bush, Bush inspired. Yes. You know, that was definitely... Like in the the Battle of the Ten Warriors. Yeah. I mean, kind of the, the Japanese J-pop rock that they played was uh-huh. fine. Was fine. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, but I really do did like that. She's got the power. They played She's over got the, the power. Original oh, it's version. So good. Oh, it is so good. Yeah, the original, the Deke version. The Deke version. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's really the only thing I miss. Yeah. Um, Ray sounds like she's quite a bit older than the other scouts. <laughs> and Shingo sounds like he has a bad smoking problem. Or Sammy, the, the Serena's old, brother. Yeah. It's not bad. She does sound quite a bit older than right. the other scouts, but but overall, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not annoying. It's not bad. No. It's not upsetting. You know, it's just like. Hmm. You know, she sounds a little older. Yeah, but. yeah. Could have, could have found, could have, could have tried a little bit to make it sound, her sound a little bit younger. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be the only, and that's, that's kind a of minor. very minor mm-hmm. criticism. Right. But we are going to be reviewing an episode that was never dubbed by Deke. And this is not uncommon because one of the things that we didn't even talk about is that in the age of Deke in the 90s, uh, they were very heavy-handed with censorship. Oh, they chopped the crap out of the show. Yes, they really did. They not only would remove entire episodes because of things they couldn't get around, like, for example, one of the early episodes they completely cut because Melvin or um, Umino uh, gets corrupted by evil energy by Jedite, and he walks up to Miss Haruna, the teacher, and flips her skirt up in a scene. Whoa. Yes, I know. So they cut that whole episode because they're like, well, uh, yeah, let's just not. Yeah. And I think there was something else in that episode, too. I think in that episode also, if I remember correctly, uh, Luna gets, like, kicked or punched, like, pretty violently or something. And they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't show that to kids. In the Five Warriors, or the Ten Warriors episode, she got thrown against the wall pretty hard. And I was like, wow, that I do not remember that. Yeah, no, they, they definitely do little things. Or, like, in the episode we are going to possibly, potentially do a bonus episode of, there's a scene where... Maxfield Stanton or M- Masato, whatever his name is, uh, Nephrite, uh, goes and like sweeps the legs of Mercury, uh, when she's on top of his car, which is just, don't do that, Mercury. I love you, but don't, don't mess up that car. That car's too awesome. Um, in fairness, that leg sweep probably messed up the car more. Probably, less. probably true. Uh, but they just cut that whole part out and she just randomly like tumbles off the car, like she yeah. tripped or something. So they do a lot of hacking. Yeah. Well, uh, they, I think they even like erased the breast lines and the, cra- yes. the transformation. Yeah, they did. And- um, there would be, there was, th- there were times like, there was a scene in one of the episodes, Sailor Moon, Serena uh, was in the bathtub and they just raised the water line. Yeah. They literally yeah. went in and like drew more water. They were, they were very heavy. I mean, I'm not saying any of it was necessarily wrong. Right. Um, but they were very, very heavy handed with the, the editing. Yeah. Like the character Zoocyte, who is a effeminate, androgynous male, uh, was changed into a female in the Deke version because there was a prominent gay relationship yep. uh, between two of the bad guys and it was just, just things like that that's well, like they even changed the other partner's name from Kunzite to Malachite for yes. some reason and and I don't know what that had to do like maybe like people aren't going to aren't, aren't going to know what a Kunzite is as a material I don't well, know no people aren't going to know what Malachite is either well true or Zoicide or right or I mean, Nephrite or Barrel that's the one people might yes know. they might know Barrel um, absolutely I've always kind of suspected that Kunzite sounds slightly dirty. Well, yeah, I it guess gets, you might be right. It's not, but it gets close but to you, it. But, yeah, you don't want to, like, have someone listen to that and be like, Mommy, what's a... Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know that, but... Well, this episode that we're going to be reviewing I never made it on the Deke Dub, and it wasn't because of anything bad. Like, there wasn't anything necessarily that was wrong. The problem and the reason why that it's cited for why this is not usually... Uh, you know, included, or why it wasn't included, rather, is that it didn't pertain to the storyline in any way, really. I can see the occultism of this episode being a reason to cut it out, too. Yeah, no, I could see that. There is, like, some weird occulty stuff, as we'll talk about in this yeah. episode. Um, but but it, it was like a fever dream watching this episode. Yeah. I had no idea about any of this. Yeah, it's it, it was really kind of cool to go back and look at this. I, I had seen it before, Bill had not. So, let's get into our review of... Sailor Moon, episode 20, The Summer, The Beach, Youth, and Ghosts. One of the things that I love about the, about the original version is that they always give you a preview of like what's gonna happen in the episode. And they always start with this really 
weird corny music that's like da 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 da. So like, if there's ever a really serious episode, sometimes I'll keep that really corny music. It's like da 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 da. Today on Sailor Moon, all my friends died. It's just like this does not fit the tone whatsoever. Jumping into the actual episode, uh, we start with uh, the Sailor Scouts. Well, actually, before we do, they start with this opening that they cut from, I think, the original Deke Dub. They never show this, but they show this in- intro at the beginning of every episode in Season 1, where it's like Sailor Moon coming out and being like, Hey, I'm Usagi Sakino, and these yeah. are my friends! That was new to me, too. I had never seen that, either. Yeah, that's something that they added, uh, or they had in the original, they cut out, I think, you know, for time and, you know, repetitiveness. Uh, in, in, in the, uh, Deke version. And so. yet they added Sailor Moon Says. And yet, well, of course, they had to make up that time, I suppose. Um, so we <laughs> start with a, a really badly moving animated train, uh, that apparently drops only the three girls off. There's no one else to be seen at all at the station, on the bus, chugga chugga. And again, uh, that's that, that Poochie or the, uh, Shadow from Trigon animation where it's just the thing sliding across the Yeah, yeah, sliding straight across <laughs> the animation. Uh, apparently they are on some sort of vacation together. Yeah, they're going to the pension house. Yeah, so did you Google that? Did you Google pension house? I what did. the hell is pension house? I did. Throughout the episode, they call where they're heading this, a, a, a pension yeah, just, house. Yeah, a lot of times they just say pension. And we're like, like there's what? There's the, the pension. And we're like, well, what, a, what about their job and their, okay, anyway, but like, what is a pension? According to Wikipedia. Oh, of course. Well, you know, it works for Josh. Yeah. Well, for this kind of stuff, it's fine. Yeah. It's a type of guest house or boarding house, uh, typically used in the, in continental European countries. Basically, instead of a, it's kind of like a bed and breakfast, but it's a breakfast, lunch, dinner, and bed. Oh. Gee, wait, do you think that they traveled a really long way? Because later on in the episode, when they get to the place that we're going to kind of describe, uh, they say, hi, I'm Ray Hino from Tokyo. Well, I think they're definitely outside of Tokyo. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. Definitely uh, outside of Tokyo. I doubt they fl- like flew. I guess no, know? they probably they surely just took that train. No, you're right. You're I mean, right. Japan's not that big. I guess. I I just, mean, it's just weird because like you don't see any settings outside of Tokyo usually in yeah. the show. I mean, it's not like it's set in America and they're like they're from Chicago and they drove to L.A. or something. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah. No, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. They probably took a bus a couple hours. Oh, that's possibly. true. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, so they're here they to, went to go... to the beach. I don't know that Tokyo has, you know, cliffs and beaches, kind of resorts like that. Yeah. And I guess they're, they're here to do training because Luna pops out of a, of a picnic basket and is all like, um, you're not here to have fun, fuckers. You're here to train <laughs> to be better sailor guardians. Which, by the way, they never, well, I guess kind of at the end, but like when they're actually just there, they're not training. No, they aren't. But, <laughs> I mean, the plot of the episode kind of takes precedence to training. I guess. It eventually does. They I, talk. I, I guess if you count dodgeball as training. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, no, I guess. They, they are heading there to try to find their way to there, and in the middle, like, Usagi gets all crazy gaga-eyed over the description of this place, and it has this ridiculous fantasy where she's just surrounded by beefcake. Right. It's just like, it's shirtless a- dudes and thongs everywhere. It's a, it's a sausage party. It is. And then, during this time, she's offered, like, what I hope is a non-alcoholic drink in a in a coconut or a or a pineapple. It, it could be a virgin drink, I suppose. By uh by Matoki or Andrew, it's a great name. Also from the original. I don't know what the drinking laws are in Japan. That's true. In, in an episode, she gets pretty wasted. Actually, in two episodes of Sailor Moon, she gets pretty wasted. Yeah. Well, that in in France or Germany or something that's not uncommon, apparently. 
Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it, no, I guess that's there right. There might not be a, an alcohol law. Um, and then okay, can we talk about my favorite part of her dream? We can. Um, she's she's offered she's offered this drink by Matoki, who is the character who runs the video game like uh, arcade arcade or whatever. Yeah. And then she turns her head to the ocean, and none other than fucking Tuxedo Mask is parasailing. Now, it's so fucking weird. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. Was it weirder that he was parasailing in his full tuxedo mask? <laughs> it's got to be outfit? fucking hot. Or would it have been weirder? Because he's got to have the hat and the mask and the cape. <gasps> I know where you're going. But then like that and there's like a thong. I would have loved. I would have loved that. But what's weirder? <laughs> I don't really know. I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure I can answer that. In and, all and, would, and would the speedo have had like a little white V in the front with like a little belt bow tie? I fucking hope so. I, <laughs> I mean, <what>? it better. <laughs> she gets all hearts for eyes and freaking out. But Ami and Ray have walked away, and she's apparently standing in front of like this old woman and this kid who is dressed like Tuxedo Mask for some reason. Yeah, that was weird too. Is that why she imagined Tuxedo Mask parasailing? You know what? In a later episode we watched, Mars and Mercury were both on a poster <laughs> of an anime that was being filmed. So, so, you know what? We probably shouldn't question it A too kid much. just wearing a mask and a cape, I'm not going to worry about that yeah. much. Well, apparently the girls get lost, and they are trying to find this place, but they can't, and they blame Usagi. We're going we're to like randomly say Usagi and Serena. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Usagi is the actual name. Uh, of Sailor Moon uh, in her human form, her her non superhero outfit. That's what they use in the Viz dub. Yeah, and uh, in the Deke dub, they called her Serena because it's short for Serenity. Yeah, uh, which is the princess name that they have. So um, they get lost. There's a storm, and then sudden creepy girl. Yep. In like a nun outfit. I think it was just like a like a kerchief over her head or something. Oh, okay. I was I confused. I don't think she's cosplaying as a nun. Well, I mean, we're gonna see a lot of weird cosplay in a second. We are. But I don't think that's what they're... She's not like the the nun from The Conjuring. No, you're right. There's a storm. They run away. The girl says, follow me. But you know, if I run into a girl in the forest, I'm not going to follow her. Especially if it's a creepy forest. I love how the uh, the nameplate on the, yes. pigeon, on the pigeon says Adams. Yes, they find this mansion. And on, on the nameplate, it says Adams. Nice little, little nod to the Adams family. I wonder if this whole thing is like themed and they just don't know it. I don't know. Like, maybe that's on purpose. Yeah, you mean, like, they, they, they got a themed... Yeah, they... No, I, I, bet, I think you're absolutely right. Because later, Ray... he got the big creepy door knocker. Yeah, and, and like, and when they, they walk up to the door and, and knock the creepy door knocker, here comes, like, a, a ghost? A vampire, I think. A, a vampire, yeah, a Frankenstein and a werewolf. <laughs> to continue our discussion from last week, a Frankenstein. And they welcome the young girl, a, and a, she just kind of A lady walks... Dracula, a Frankenstein, and a Paul. And a what? <laughs> Wasn't the kid's name in America Werewolf in London? Oh, I think you might be right. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about that. I was kind of doing the thing. Nice, nice. I'm sorry. I guess I didn't follow you there. I apologize. And uh, the little girl just kind of walks in. She's like, yeah, whatever. And Usagi is scared shitless as these monsters are just like, hello. Hi. We're all here at once. (laughs) It's so crazy. And it's funny because Usagi loses her shit, but Rei and Ami are just like, whatever. Like. It's just the theme. And they're just like, we've expected you. And Usagi just screams and makes faces the entire time. Pretty awesome. And I guess Luna is scared, too. Yeah, she is, too. Which is actually pretty adorable. I mean, I have cats. They get scared about stuff like that. No, that that is absolutely true. And then we're introduced to a Dracula or a, or a, or a, or a sorcerer or... 
some sort of shit. He looks like the guy from Mano's Hands of Fate, except he doesn't have, like, the hand things yeah. on his cape. It's true. And he's got pointed ears for some reason. I don't know why. He's apparently an elf sorcerer. And he, we, we find out that he is actually the father of the young girl that was in the forest. Uh, so the girls are getting ready for dinner, and Usagi is freaking out, um, thinking this place is haunted. There's a knock on the door. And here comes the vampire lady again. From the top of the doorframe. <laughs> yeah, from the top of the doorframe, which at first seems weird, but then we see her, she's standing on a ladder. So it makes sense. Oh, like, yeah. she's changing a light bulb. And I think that's funny, too, because, you know, like, this place is dark and scary. She's like, oh, sorry about the darkness. I, right. We just forgot to change the light bulb, which is pretty good. And again, Ray is a bitch, and it's just like, Usagi, quit it. I like how the, uh, the psychic fire priestess is the one, like, no, there's no way this place is haunted. Yeah, no, nothing Don't be super, stupid. Not, nothing supernatural going on here. <laughs> Spoiler, there's going to be something supernatural very soon. The weird priest, not priest, the, the, not, not priest at all. The, the weird supernatural wizard dude is all like, fucking annoying kids. Yeah, he's like, noisy girls. It, it feels like a Scooby-Doo plot almost a little bit. You know, it really kind of is. And he says to his daughter, you are not to associate with those girls, which... To be fair, they are running around like lunatics right now, screaming. Granted. Frankenstein's monster comes in with a plate of food, and of course Usagi freaks out again. Uh, they have a, <laughs> a dinner, um, and, and again, it's just full of this, these gags of Usagi, Usagi being scared of, of monsters. Why is the Frankenstein and the werewolf tiny? Like, are they supposed to be kids? Like, is the mom the vampire, and then, like, she makes her sons dress up and work the job? It's possible. Or did they hire little people to, like, know well i don't know if you look at why would they hire little people to be big scary monsters it it is is interesting because like they are very short because like in in the episode you see them standing at the table and the girls are sitting down yeah and they're they're shorter than the girls yeah i mean they're neck level at the table so they're definitely tiny Mm -hmm. for some reason well during the dinner they hear something some sort of noise they get up and then there is a spirit in the hallway which we talked that spirit looks awfully like Nephrite. They just took some animation and re- like zero-graphed it. I think they honestly did. Just like how Disney did that all the time. They freak out. They ask the people who are running this place, did they see it? And they quickly turn around like, nope, nope, we didn't, we didn't see anything at all. And they're just kind of left to wonder what the hell is going on. We cut away to a scene with the young girl, and she's looking all glassy-eyed. And apparently her father is hypnotizing her? That seems legit. I, I guess I'm not really sure why he just at this point. Well, I mean, we know why later. Yeah. We get we get a giant exposition dump at the end of the episode. Yeah. But <laughs> man, do we? But uh, what instead? What we get here is just he's like, "You will sleep," and she's crying, and it's kind of sad. I mean, I guess that's a good way to put her to sleep if she's crying and upset. I, I guess. I mean, it's a nice trick to have, I suppose. I, I don't know. But that brings us to. The break card. Sailor Moon! Happy Halloween, and welcome to the break card. My name is Andy, and I've just got a few things to say before we get you right back to our review of Sailor Moon. Yes, Sailor Moon, of all things. Bill and I had an absolute blast recording this episode, so I hope you are having a fun time going through it with us. If you want to listen to that episode, you can head over to Hulu. They have all of the episodes of Sailor Moon available to you, and they had this particular episode dubbed and subtitled. 
So go and check that out. Speaking of checking things out, we posted just recently today, uh, it is Halloween, and we posted a Halloween article on the Questionable Endeavor Network website at questendnetwork.com, where I put together a list of what I thought were some of the more interesting Halloween or spooky-themed stuff from the Questionable Endeavor Network. So go over there to listen to new podcasts or watch some YouTube videos and other things that maybe you have not seen or heard before. Speaking of these podcasts... I want to give another shout-out to the Reanimator podcast and the Taco Tuesday podcast, the two newest podcasts on the Questionable Endeavor Network. Love you guys, and keep doing what you do, because you do awesome things. And speaking of awesome things, I want to welcome once again, I dropped it last week, but officially, welcome Nerd Control, that's Nerd C-T-R-L, to the Questionable Endeavor Network as well. They are a group of YouTube video game playing crazy people, former students of mine who do amazing, amazing work. So thank you so much, and go check out their new content and help support them by giving them a subscription on YouTube. Speaking of subscribing, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. You can help support the show because it is not a cheap venture, and we would appreciate anything. As little as $1 can get you all kinds of great stuff, including bonus episodes. Uh, for $3 a month, you can get our back catalog of episodes. We're starting to take down Trigun, and it makes my soul hurt. So go and listen and support and just be Awesome. And if you can't do that, go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating or review. We'd really, really like that. Next week, we're back with Josh. Josh is taking off the face paint and heading back into the studio. And we're going to be getting back to our reviews of Gurren Lagann. Yes, Season 3 will return before you know it. And by the way, if you like this episode, we're going to be dropping a bonus episode where Bill and I review the very next episode, Episode 21, which is all about animation and how much Japanese animators themselves hate the medium in which they work. It's actually really funny, and we have a blast, and it's a little less formal of a review, but it's still really good. I think it's over a half an hour long, and we're going to post that audio on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Japanese. Let's get you to a commercial, and then back to the episode. You have been invited to the Slasher Sanitarium. Come join us as we talk about horror movies, horror fiction, and horror television. Subscribe now to the Slasher Sanitarium. New episodes coming soon. the break card and we're man this is so fun and nostalgic i love right. sailor moon this is so great and it's cool because it's this, like your first experience with yeah, it this is bizarre and then we cut away it's morning and they're on the beach right so we get to see if usagi's dream of dick everywhere comes true it doesn't it doesn't no they're on an abandoned beach it's just a small little it's like not even a it's just like a little thing at the bottom of the cliff yeah, and you get a whole shot of that too. Like you see the cliffs, the massive cliffs, and the 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 hotel on top of it. And Usagi is just on this little tiny beach, it's like twenty feet wide. Yeah, that's all there is to it. So she's sad until she's got a giant fucking green ball. Right. Which I'm thinking this is a beach ball, right? I hope so. Um, but no, she takes motherfuckers out with it. No, she does. Uh, she's like, let's play ball. And Ray's like, no, I'm working on my tan. And Ami's like, um, I've brought a fucking school book. 
To which, by the way, Serena Rusagi gets really pissed off at her, which I, I think is kind of mean. She has this big motivational speech about not wasting her youth and making memories. Yeah, which, you know what? If she, if she wants to, like, lay on the beach and read, that is totally an acceptable thing to do on the beach. I mean, granted, a textbook might not be an ideal beach reading. But if she likes it. Fair enough. So Ami decides to join in with the others in a game, and <laughs> immediately Ray is once again a jerk and just biffs Sailor Moon right in the face with his ball. Yeah, but then Ami catches on the rebound and does it too. I know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like, is that a basketball painted green? Why does it it hit her so hard? (laughs) No, like, she just completely face plants. It cannot be a a beach ball. It's nighttime again, and the wolfman is howling at the moon? On the roof. On the roof, for some reason. And he's all like, it's nighttime and I'm afraid. Atmosphere, I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. Serena's in the bath and is just like every five seconds calling out for Luna. And again, we maybe we should just mention a few things here. Luna is the cat, right? I right, don't know if we yeah. mentioned that, just in case anyone hasn't seen Sailor Moon before. Uh, the talking her, her cat. magical talking mentoring cat. Yes, absolutely. Uh, not British in this version. Um, so she's calling for her every few seconds. Uh, meanwhile, Ray is walking around using her magical uh, scroll. What do they call those? A, a fuda? I have no idea. I think they're called a fuda, if I remember correctly. Uh, basically, yeah. prayer scrolls. Yeah, and those putting little them... seal things. Yeah, and she's putting them on the back of the chairs for dinner to like protect them from the spirits. Then Ami is kind of wandering through the the dining room and sees the little girl, and she's standing like forlorn and goth like on the the cliffs, oh, like, the edge of a cliff, staring at the ocean. Potentially, Ami's thinking this girl's gonna off herself. Maybe I should go talk her off that cliff, literally, or at very least, gonna fall. Uh, when she goes out there, the girl's like, oh, it's you, Ami. And she's like, uh, I didn't tell you my name. And then the girl just goes on to be like, yeah, you're Ami, and she's Ray, and that loud girl is, is, is Usagi, and the cat is Luna. And Ami doesn't think anything's too weird about this, in all honesty. Yeah. She's kind of just like, are you okay? Really? Okay. She does have a real good wisdom score for having good intelligence. Yeah, she has like, okay, so Ami, Sailor Mercury, has a 300 IQ. And, yeah, she's not very smart in this episode at all. I think the, the the most important thing she does this entire episode is shake the girl later. I, th- I think that's really about yeah. it. Yeah. Which she didn't have to be even Sailor Mercury for, but we'll get there. Yeah, she transformed to do it. Um, so she tries to be nice to the little girl, but the girl's father shows up and is like, get the fuck away from her. Yeah, that was unnecessary. Yeah, just drags her away, and then it's like, you're going back in the chair. <laughs> We're going to hypnotize you. I wonder if he's supposed to be like, a stage father. He's like, you have to do this thing to make me money. Maybe. Don't have a social life. That, that, yeah. No, I could see that. And we get a bit of exposition here when he's all of a sudden like, you have extreme psychic powers and I'm going to unlock them. And that kind of comes out of nowhere. But I guess it makes sense. Because we had a spirit floating around and you camp with something about this. Yeah. You can't see me make the quotes, but in real life, at least part of the mythology or the theory of poltergeists is sometimes they say it's like a psychically telekinetically active teenage girl or young girl. And it's like they're, they're subconscious lashing out. So it's not a disembodied spirit so much as just a, a Jekyll side of telekinetic kids. Yeah. He, so it's kind of what they're playing with here is that she's telekinetic so. and then she's moving stuff around with her mind in the form of a ghost. Absolutely. That thing is basically her subconscious. Yeah. Cause so, like that spirit was floating around yeah. earlier on. So it does have some, free will of its own, mm-hmm. but it's still part of her. It's still coming out of her. It's her psychic powers doing what they want to do. Right. 
And the father goes on to say that he was like embarrassed or something like that. He's going to like prove that he's people like, were laughing at them yeah. because they thought they were fake or yeah. And he says he's going to prove that he's the world's best psychic, which is pretty crazy. Really, that makes her the world's best psychic. You well stage stage moms and stuff. Well, exactly. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's giving Honey Boo Boo the go go juice. <laughs> yes, we get a scene where Usagi is walking downstairs. And she gets freaked out because she hears a bunch of weird talking. And it's the workers of the hotel going, Jibba jabba jibber, Joe, eeny meeny miny moe, get a grab a gotta go. What the fuck? I feel like they're doing possibly a, an insensitive version of some sort of religious ritual. You know, a cleansing or a protection. Extremely. Or they're praying or offering or, I'm not sure exactly, but. And there's like an un- that was like an onion or what? what did you notice there? Like an it's angry? Like a, it's like a turnip with a face. <laughs> it is really bizarre. But, but they're they've got candles like a, everywhere. Yeah, got like an altar set up. Yeah. And the the owner, the the vampire lady, is like, "Oh no, you guys figured it out. There's a spirit roaming around." And they're I guess they're just worried they're going to leave and want a refund. In right. all honest, in all honesty, seems like they don't make much money. Uh, the other girls run in, and then the afuda those those papers snap off the. The, the, the table yeah, and the chairs. Apart. And the chairs, like, start getting possessed and shit. Yeah, we start going full on poltergeist. Yeah, we do. They float in the air. They start chanting again. But apparently, the, the the psychic powers are working. And the girl is now causing chaos all throughout the house. The girl's subconscious or id, I guess. Is yeah, because she's causing... asleep. Yeah, she's asleep. But she's, like, astral projecting her id out or something. And then the spirit just kind of, like, erupts out of the girl as Ami walks into the room. Like, yep. she opens her eyes and the spirit of Nephlite just, <laughs> just like, floats in the air. And it's it's actually, as much as it is just basically a reskinning of, like, like, old stuff, it still looks really, really cool. Like, the animation of it looks awesome. Was it old stuff or is it later stuff? Well, it, it would be it, either or because, I mean, Nephlite's still around at this okay. point. Like, okay. He, yeah, he's, he's, like, the he is the villain at the time. Um, but it is really cool, like the effects of uh, of it floating around. Uh, and we get like like the chairs flying through windows. And we get shattered glass, and Ami gets like blown away by the spirit. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on. But the father gets like thrown out of the house and gets attacked by the spirit. They're all freaking out. And at this point of the episode, I'm like, what the fuck are they gonna do? Like this isn't like just a monster. This is this is a spirit. Well, it seems like. The options they have are Ami has a connection to her, mm-hmm. so she can talk to her. Right. And Ray's a psychic. She should be able to stop it somehow. Yeah, or at least communicate with her. Right, right. Like hold some sort of real ceremony. Yeah. Like these people are doing a fake seance and ceremony. Right. She could do a real... Yeah, she's a priestess on yeah. top of being a psychic. So. Absolutely. Um, but no, instead what they decided to do is, we better transform into our superheroes. I'm pretty sure Luna told them to. No, I think you're right. Luna does say that. And we get our typical transformation sequence. And one of the, thing, the cool things about Sailor Moon, one of the things is that, like, compared to superhero stories in America, American culture, where it's, a lot of times it's just they're already in the costume, you don't see them out of the costume all that much, or, you know, run into a phone booth or whatever, they get elaborate transformations. Right. Which is really cool. Right. And it's one of the, the best reused animations that they have throughout, because they, they, you know, being an anime and, and, and a cartoon in general... They're going to reuse stuff. Well, yeah. And and it is a sequence they reuse all the time. So they transform into the Sailor Scouts, and 
Instead, like normally Sailor Moon will give this like really dramatic like speech, but instead she just like cries because she's still frightened by the yeah. And then, and then Ami does what you know you think that she should have done for the first place, goes and shakes the girl. Yeah, which she doesn't need to be Sailor Mercury to do. And then Sailor Moon decides, I'm going to take off my tiara and use my finishing move, which is Moon Tiara Action, where she throws her tiara. And at that point, both you and I start freaking <laughs> out. Because, really, what are the options here with this tiara attack? Well... You could have what they actually did, which is it goes through the ghost harmlessly. Right, which is which is exactly what pl- ha- plays out here. Or... Or she could take out the father. <laughs> because then, like, the ghost won't have anything to attack them. Right. Or she could hit the girl with it. <laughs> so, we're hoping, praying, that she's going after the ghost, and that's what happens here. But Ami actually wakes the girl up, and the girl uh, <laughs> is actually freaking out, tries to kind of help her father, but the spirit still attacks. Right, because it's, it's her subconscious. Yeah. And it's still angry. And her subconscious is angry because her father has used her right all these different times for her psychic powers. Which is, I think, kind of like a weird critique on, like, stage parenting and all that. And maybe not even that's angry that he used her for her psychic powers, but he's denying her friendship and... Oh, yeah. And really, that's kind of goes back to the the speech that Usagi had earlier when she's like, you know, youth is about making memories and having fun and enjoying yourself. And- yeah. The girl has to work all the time, you uh-huh. know, and be under her dad's thumb to do this instead of, you know, make friends with the noisy girls down the hall or something. Right. So we get a really touching scene where uh, father and daughter are reunited, showing that they care about each other. And the girl fucking just turns all Super Saiyan against the, the ghost and just uses her psychic power to completely blow it away, which is actually a really cool scene, and there's actually even a couple of shots of, like, the other Sailor Scouts, like, being blown back by the energy a little bit. It's just really well animated. Yeah. Especially because all she really did was turn it off. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, it it was very elaborate, very cool. Yeah. Uh, So we get a scene where we get tons of exposition, which I just want to, I just want to talk a little bit about, because... This exposition dump would make Vash the Stampede go, damn, shut up, okay, yeah, yeah I, don't, we, I don't need your life story, dude. Yeah, we talked about that in in Trigun, how they always had these things. Yeah, he says, everyone, I want to apologize for being so single-minded and only caring about showing the world Sakiko's powers. I forced her to train, even though I knew I was going against her will in developing your, her, her unique abilities. I even started using the hotel and the patrons who stay here as subjects to test her powers. So it's just, they, they just... Basically explain, like, why they're here. Yep. Why they've been staying at this place. And I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you, Sailor Scouts. Yes! And that is exactly what it is. It's a total fucking Scooby-Doo scene. I mean, there's a real thing going on. Yeah. And speaking of reused animation, (laughs) we get a scene that's exactly the same as earlier, where they're just biffing Sailor Moon with a fucking beach ball. Uh, Except this time, Sakiko, the young girl, is with them. And Sailor Moon's gonna, like, just beat the hell out of her with that basketball. Yes. I'm going to kill you all with this. Yes. And we get a scene where the owners are like, um, so everything cool? And the guy's like, yeah, it's cool. I promise I won't do this again. And that's it. That's the episode. Uh, that's episode 20 of Sailor Moon, The Summer of the Beach, Youth and Ghosts. So, Bill, we haven't done this in a little while. Uh, let's do some final thoughts on this episode. Uh, this Since this is your first time watching this episode, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, really, I kind of summed up earlier when I said it was like a fever dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something I kind of know, mm-hmm. 
except I've never seen this episode. The voices are all different. Yeah. And nobody's doing anything illogical. We're mandated by the contract to transform once per episode, so <laughs> we better do that so we can shake this little girl awake. Yep, yep, and throw a tiara and do nothing with it and yep. not use any of the other powers. Yep. Like, not try to burn the spirit or something with holy fire. So what do you what do you think about uh, about Deke not publishing this episode? Do you think that they made the right call in skipping this one? Do you think it's skippable, uh, ultimately? Or do you think that it was good enough that they should have kept it? Well, my big criticism of Sailor Moon Crystal... Mm-hmm. Was it was an absolute breakneck pace. Yes, if you've seen Crystal, it is. Absolutely. It is just like, here's a new girl. She's a Sailor Scout. Fight the monster. Here's a new girl. She's a Sailor Scout. Fight the monster. And the monsters are like the kings of heaven. They get like killed immediately. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they get no monsters. They're just like the dudes. Yeah, they get no development either, which is just absolutely bonkers. So I really think these episodes of interaction, character growth, being semi-regular teenage girls. Yeah. I thought they were important to the story. I mean, this one is pretty far off. Yeah. Like, you don't even get the villains at all in this one. No. And like I said, the only reason they transformed is because it's called Sailor Moon, so they better transform every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was kind of bizarre. It really was. The, the 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 workers and Usagi just screaming all the time, and them just being like, whoa. And they never explain who they are or no. why they're in those costumes no. or... It would have been interesting to see him out of their costumes one time, like at the end or something. You know what I mean? Just so we get, like, an idea, like, for real, that, like, these are actually people in costume. And yeah, because we're never entirely even sure. Not 100%. That they're not monsters. Mm-hmm. They could just be friendly monsters who run a bed and breakfast and lunch and dinner. Very well could be. Maybe that's why there's not a lot of people around this area. They're just, like, outcasted gothic horror monsters. Yeah, I... I mean, I, they should have left it in, probably, just mm-hmm. because it was... I mean, there's nothing bad about it. No. Maybe they did it for cost's sake. Yeah, yeah. And it, like I said, maybe the occultism, the actually, there's actually a ghost and we're really doing a, yeah, like, a like spell a, or a seance yeah. or whatever to drive it away. or And the weird hypnotism stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's totally harmless. I wasn't worried about my daughter seeing it. Oh, no. But I could see where some... You know, the people that got all up in arms about Harry Potter and Pokemon. Oh, God. Absolutely. I could see where those same people would jump on this that it's... I mean, it's already kind of promoting, like, astrology. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I think it's a fun episode. I think that it's, you know, I laughed a lot. So, obviously, it was it was, it was was interesting. We laughed a lot, both at the episode and, and just going back and forth. And Yeah. It was it was a fun time. It yeah. was an absolute fun time to, to watch and talk about. Uh, I, and I think, ultimately, you know, if they did need to cut some corners somewhere and get rid of some stuff... It makes sense to get rid of this one compared to some of the other ones that yeah. might have more bearing if, on the plot. If they actually had to get rid of stuff, this was probably skippable. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. mean, clearly, I've never seen it. It didn't affect my understanding of things at all. Right. So. But it was fun. We saw a lot. We see, I, I liked the episodes early on where it was just those three uh, Sailor Scouts. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Obviously, I, I still very much like Jupiter and, and Sailor Venus especially. But it was, it, they really had a good dynamic going with the three for a long while on there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't too many characters. You wouldn't, like, lose out on any character development. It, it gave everyone an opportunity to have an equal spotlight. Well, and Jupiter and Venus are both kind of outsiders to the school. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to have the three that go to school together. Well, technically, Ray doesn't. I guess Ray doesn't go with them yeah. either, does she? No. It's just Ami and... Oh, well, Ami and then... Uh, and Sailor Moon, and uh, eventually Makoto 
does move to that school. So the three of them go Eventually to the same school. Eventually does, yes, but I think I think Mina goes to a different school, and I know for sure Ray goes to a different school. Ray goes okay. to the to a, to a specific academy, a girls' academy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I always thought the uniforms meant something. Well, the reason why Makoto wears a different one that is one because, I remember because yeah. she was too big, basically. Yeah, for like, for any other outfit, she's basically wearing a high school uniform mm-hmm. because they don't have one for her her size. Absolutely, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, pretty neat character. Little 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 tidbit there. But beyond that, I think I felt like there was not even understanding like the Japanese school systems and what each class means and right what the color coding of the different. You know, yeah, what it represented, even it, yeah, I don't, I don't really, honestly, even know myself, especially this far so. away from. Oh, definitely. Having watched it, I was like, I don't remember who's who, or. But yeah, no, I think it was a fun episode. It was definitely uh, fitting for a Halloween release. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Except uh, for all the beach summer stuff. Yeah, that was that was a weird mix. It was a yeah. very bizarre mix. Uh, well, I don't know. We've had some warm days here recently in the Midwest. Do they have Halloween in Japan? I'm gonna imagine they probably don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously they have on October 31st, but... Right, yeah. right, but do they celebrate? I don't... And so maybe maybe they have a summer equivalent or something. Maybe they do. Maybe they I, do. I, I don't know. I'm totally... Or maybe they're just... It's just this is just a themed place that is really into gothic horror, you know? Honestly, that's probably what, what it is. Yeah. That's kind of how I understood it. I mean, it sounds like it's a year-round sort of thing. Yeah. Like, things have been happening for a while, so yeah. it's not like it's just a one-time sort of, like, celebration. But I'm just wondering if maybe they put the episode together, like there's a sp- yeah. over a spring break or summer break something. or something. They, yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, they, they were all, like, randomly just not at school, like, yeah. for several days, which, which seems weird, and yeah. no parents. And So I'm just wondering if maybe there was a loose tie-in to some other event or, it could be. or holiday or something. That, yeah, maybe we just don't know because we, we don't, don't have the context yeah. for yeah, so good, good enough episode, fun. Um, could be skippable, skipp- skippable, obviously because of the plot. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this review. Going going into something you know very, very well known in Sailor Moon here. We will be back next time, our next full episode with uh, Josh should hopefully be back. We'll return so we can kind of get back to our reviews of Gurren Lagan because the sooner we get through those, the sooner we can move on to my next anime, and I. I've already got it picked out, I think, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like we could be uh, we could be recording a bonus episode here in a minute, too. So if you enjoyed this uh, review of Sailor Moon, we may be reviewing the next episode of Sailor Moon, actually chronologically, directly after this one, um, which is all about the horrors of creating anime. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty fantastic. It is episode 21, Protect the Children's Dreams, Friendship through anime and it is fucking bonkers it really is it is it is really really great uh a little cheeky too uh yes extremely but until then uh this has been tuning japanese a podcast where two sailor guardians talk about anime and uh once again i'm just reading books in my spare time my name's andy and i'm i guess protecting chairs from spirits i'm bill (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's about right. And we will see you next time. Usually I drink spirits. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. 
Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to other great shows like the Shadowvane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Cone Stars, Slasher Sanitarium, New Blood Rising, Words of Geekdom, and our two newest shows, the Reanimator Podcast and the Taco Tuesday Podcast. house we're staying at. It's supposed to be pretty close by. So, Ray, I'm expecting this hotel to be a really swanky resort. Well, I think it is. Really? It says here, blue seas surround you as yachts go gliding by. From our luxurious pension house, you can view a beautiful sunset over our gleaming private beach. Uh, our home